Jalen Coleman comes into the game. This is Coleman with a touch. Reverses field. Scores in there. What a drive for the new Blue Devils. Jalen Coleman. Give him six. A, a, a little bit of space to get through. As you can see, a little bit of space, and he bursts through the line of scrimmage. Waters. Clean running lane. Waters. He's got a chance. Touchdown. Duke. Third down and six. Plenty of time for Leonard. Wants a bunch. Has a man flagged down. Pass is caught. Eli Pankle. What kind of speed do you got? Down to the five. They need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. On third and one, they run it. Oh! They dropped the ball. He dropped the ball. Did he cross the end line first? No. It is Duke football. Man, was that a lot of fun. Mike Elko continues to be Mr. Perfectly Fine. He is 2-0 as the head coach at Duke. Now turn the music up. For the first time since 2018, the Duke Blue Devils are 2-0 to start the season. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kennedy, alongside Josh Cox, Scott Medlin, Jamie Holt, and producer Justin Sykes. And I think it was a, a weekend that everyone was hoping for, and the result was even better as the Blue Devils again go to 2-0, defeating Northwestern 31-23, and for Coach Mike Elko, He's actually the first Duke head coach to start 2-0 in their first season since Fred Goldsmith all the way back in 1994 when Goldie went 7-0. And before we talk about the game and give our thoughts, here's Coach Elko with his thoughts right after the game. What a, what a football game. Um, you know, told our kids I, I couldn't be more proud of the way we fought. Uh, we knew we were going to have to come on the road and play a full four quarters. Uh, we knew they were going to keep coming, and they certainly did. And I thought we battled and scratched and clawed all the way down to the last inch. And uh, and we made one more play than they did. Uh, proud of the way we started. You know, for us to start fast like we did was really important. I thought we established the run game. You know, for us to come on the road and outrush a Big Ten team 221 to 76, um, that's something that we want to take pride in. That was a big uh, question that we asked of our guys is could we do that this week? And, you know, so proud of the way we handled the run game. A um, lot of respect for their program. I mean, they just they kept coming. And you just had two teams battling all day long. And uh, we were able to make one more play than they did and get the win. So proud of our guys. A uh, lot of things to clean up for sure. But uh, that'll be for next week. Just excited for us to come up here and get a win. So obviously, Coach Elko, very happy with the result from uh, this past Saturday's game. And fellas, just what were your initial thoughts coming in? This was one of those games that we talked about preseason that could ultimately change the outlook for this Duke team this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you heard it in our uh, our score predictions this past week. And honestly, as everyone else predicted the scores on Facebook and Twitter, uh, a lot of the scores were close, uh, you know, to what, what the reality was. And I think we all expected a close game. Uh, we all expected the game not to get too high scoring. Um, and, man, if we didn't go up there and – you know, especially the first uh, quarter and a half of football, uh, I don't know if we could have played any better. It kind of, you know, reminded us, if you remember back a year ago, kind of did remind us a little bit of that game in Durham last year where we went out 
uh, and got out big on them and then started giving up points in the second half. A little bit different, uh, you know, uh, second half force this year. But, yeah, I just wanted to give a couple of shout-outs, man, if that's cool with you guys. Like, uh, my major, major shout-out, we spoke to Coach Elko about it this morning uh, at his press conference, and that is the fact that going into this game, all we heard about on ESPN, all we heard about in all the pregame talk, all we heard about online pregame was just how dominant Northwestern's offensive line is. And they've got, you know, a potential top 10 NFL draft pick uh, on their offensive line. And I believe uh, Duke's offensive line just got tired of hearing it. We asked Coach Elko uh, today if the offensive line took that personally, and they did. If you remember, Jamion Franklin this past week said one word was put up on the board for the defensive line, and it said physicality. And that became the mantra for the whole team. And so I just want to give a shout-out. I mean, we got a lot of shout-outs to give. We're going to talk a lot about this game. But my first one I want to give to the offensive line. And those guys, they rotated. There were, there were several guys that played. Uh, some decent amount of snaps on Saturday. Those guys were up to the challenge. Uh, they moved people. They only gave up one sack and one tackle for loss the entire day. By the way, Northwestern's vaunted offensive line gave up two sacks and seven tackles for loss on the day Saturday. And so the Duke offensive line outplayed the Northwestern offensive line and actually wasn't close. One specific play that stood out to me offensive line-wise was Jordan Waters' 42-yard touchdown run. Uh, not only did the right side of that line seal off with the tight end and with the uh, other members of the offensive line, but John Jalot came through and came across in front of Waters and just laid out a defender and just got in his way. John Jalot's like 6'7". He stretched all the way out to get his body on that guy, and it allowed Waters to break break free and get into the secondary. And so, man, I'm, I'm just pumped about this game, guys. I, I really am. You know, I picked them to win because I picked them to win at the beginning of the season and I picked them last week. But I'll be honest with you, uh, I was a little, you know, nervous about this outcome. And shout out to Coach Elko for his second win, first road win, Big Ten um, battle. And, man, we went up there and got the job done. Yeah, and nothing again. Sorry, sorry, Jamie, really quick. Shout out to Josh who was able to watch the game during a church event. You don't hear many preachers doing that. (laughs) That's called called dedication. It's called dedication. Yeah, nothing against Temple because, I mean, that was a big win because it was Coach Elko's first first win. But this was huge to go on the road against a P five school, and you're expect you we were ten point dogs, right? Yep. Uh, and we turned that around. We win by eight. It honestly, it looked like we were going to win the game by forty. I mean, it really did, like because we jumped out and jumped all over them. But credit to Northwestern. Just like last year, like Josh said, they battled back. Uh, like Josh said, the offensive line just was mauling, mauling guys. Uh, Riley had plenty of time to be comfortable. They opened up plenty of running lanes. We had over 200 yards rushing. Uh, Jalen Calhoun, Eli Pinkle, shout out to them. Both big days, huge days, big catches. Uh, the one in particular for Eli was a really big one because we were sitting at third and six, I think it was, on our own 14. And Riley hits him for the 81-yard completion, which ended up being the longest completion in Duke history without a touchdown. But that was just a huge play at that point in the game, being backed up against Northwestern's goal line with possibility of giving them great field position. 
just all in all, just a great game, a great coach game by Coach Elko and his staff, very well prepared. And speaking about physicality, I just watched the the Duke. Uh, I recommend the Duke Cinematic Recap on the uh, on social media. They just put it out a little while ago. I watched that, and they're right before the game. They were you know one, two, three break, and they 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 shouted physicality. So that was they were all about being physical. And it was just a smash mouth game, and I really enjoyed the win. Now I'm regretting not picking them 12 and 0. Bring on <laughs> Alabama. Jamie's taking my meds from last year. Well, I, you know, follow up on what Jamie was just talking about about the cinematic recap. If you were able to listen to the press conference today, that cinematic recap followed it up just perfectly. It's it said exactly what Coach Elko said. And they took it as a uh, as something they wanted to make sure they did well at. And O-line did great. Man, the defense was great. They were flying all over the place. Guys were everywhere. And, I mean, for what it's worth, we got to get a shout-out to Hall and Gordon. Those two dudes were great. I, I don't – honestly, I, I mean, obviously, this is no slight to anybody in the ACC. I don't know of a lot of guys in the country that are that good as Hall is. Yeah. And if you if you can name them for me, that's fine. But I don't know of a lot of guys that can do what he did, and he did it well. Hey Scott, but, uh, if 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 you had Evan Hall in a standard one one point PPR fantasy football league, he scored you fifty four point five points Saturday. Wow. And then not to mention his tight end. That looked like daggone Travis Kelsey out there. Uh, yeah, man, those were two special, talented guys. I, I agree. We've got to give them their roses. Thomas I Gordon, mean, right? Thomas Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. Hey, but but also, as we give them their roses, we must ask them how the L tasted. So Ooh. it tasted. Yeah, the, I said it tasted the same as the many times that I saw uh, Dwayne Carter get held. It was, wor- it was worse than a school dance as many times as my man got held. So on Dwayne, Carter, on Dwayne Carter's strip sack uh, that I believe it was Joshua uh, – I forget it was Pickett or whoever uh, fell on, um, he was getting held the entire play. So Dwayne mm-hmm. fought through a hole the entire play and still didn't give up and still got to Helensky and got to him before he started his pass. That was an incredible play uh, by Carter uh, for sure. And we, we've gotten all this far. And, Brian, I know you got some stuff to say. But we've gotten this far and we've not even – Giving the shout out to Jalen Stinson. Come on, guys. Like, we can't call ourselves Duke football fans and not give a shout out. Not only did Jalen Stinson have the obvious game saving winning play at the end of the game, getting his helmet in there, knocking the ball loose on Evan Hall. Oh, I'm sorry. 52 and a half points. You get minus two points for a fumble. I forgot about that, Evan Hall. Uh, you might, we should maybe minus 10 points because it was a game losing fumble but anyway uh Stinson got his hat in there but this is not not all Stinson also had 11 tackles on the day um he had a uh pass breakup and he forced that fumble and so Jalen Stinson man shout out to him um and then shout out to the whole secondary guys I mean this includes our our linebackers because Shaka had uh three I believe Uh, but we ended up with 14 pass breakups and um, look, man, Duke football doesn't do that, guys. This is new territory for us. 
it is becoming more and more obvious that our head coach was a secondary coach and a defensive guy. So can't believe we got that far and didn't mention our guy, Jalen Stinson. James. We're listening to the the radio broadcast. Shoemate actually called that Evan Hole play a touchdown, like right before. He was like, oh, fumble. And it was like, it was pretty <laughs> funny how it happened. Like, because it was a bang, bang play. I mean, Hole was literally like just inches away from that being a touchdown in Northwestern having a chance to tie the game up. And like we said, dude literally carried Northwestern on, on, on his back the entire, the entire second half, really. The first half, we did a pretty good job against him, I thought. But then in the second half, he literally just – he was he was going crazy. Uh, so I don't really want to rub well, his face in there too much, but he was literally it? just inches away from that touchdown. Eric well, Collins love, called that too our, live on TV. Yeah. You know we love our linebackers, but anytime Hall got lined up on a linebacker, it was game over. That wheel route was there. And, I mean, we they could have literally verbally said he's running a wheel route and we would not have been able to stop it. So that just is what it is. And we're about to figure that out if we face somebody up like a, uh, you know, if we were to face like a Sean Tucker this year or somebody like that that can do those types of things, we're about to figure that out scheme-wise. But, hey, it, we got through the game, so I'm not complaining. Brian, you've been quiet, bro. What, what's your, what are your thoughts? I didn't want to interrupt. Y'all were just uh, going to town. Um, yeah, best start that we could possibly imagine heading into this season. There were a lot of unknowns. Uh, it seems like we're giving our helmet sticker awards again. And if you haven't gone to DukeFootballTalk.com, please do. Go. It's a new new thing that we're, uh, we're we're starting out with. We're giving our awards each and every week. I got to give a shout out to the running backs who came to play. We knew coming into this season that it was going to be running back by committee. And that was probably the best decision that Coach Johns could have made because Jordan Waters, who, who started slow, did not have a great Temple game came back with a fury, 10 carries, 91 yards. He averaged nine point yards a carry and had two touchdowns. Jalen Coleman right behind him, 11 carries, 83 yards and a touchdown. He scored in both games. So our running back room is fine. We're good. That is definitely a next man up mentality to where, God forbid, we lose one of them to injury or, or whatever. Someone else can take their place and we're not missing a beat. So that – right there makes me confident to where if we're having struggles in the passing game, we can rely on our running game as well. One thing though, and I'm not trying to rain on this parade, but we've got to look at both sides is that our secondary is going to need some to improve on some things. Gave up uh, 435 passing yards. Ryan Helensky, guys, you want to guess how many times he, he threw the ball Saturday? It was 50 something. 60. 60 times. 61, I thought, yeah. Yeah, 60 times. He was 36 for 60, 435 yards. Evan Hole, of course, the man-child, 213 receiving yards. So if there was one, I guess, not so much bright spot was was that. But all in all, Coach Elko was happy. I mean, you take the good and the bad with the bad, but overall, great performance this past Saturday for the guys. I'll say this about uh, in defense of the secondary, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know this because this, this would be advanced analytics that we don't have access to. I would be interested to see how many of Evan Hull's passing yards were not with him matched up in the secondary, but were with him matched up on Dorian or Shaka. Right. Um, I, yeah. I, I, and honestly, the same thing with Gordon. Um, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I would say, but and I, I kind of asked Coach Elko that question today. 
and he basically uh, acknowledged that, but then said that the secondary had to keep their hands off receivers better, had to tackle better, things like that. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying I don't know if our secondary gave up those amount of yards. I think that I would say over half of Evan Hall's 213 or whatever yards he had uh, receiving were when he would be matched up on a linebacker. But well, plus you had the push-offs from Gordon. Let's be – I mean, if we're being yeah. honest, there yeah. were some calls that should have gone the other way, so it might not have been that many passing yards. But but still, still it's just something. It's something stats that we – Stats are stats. You're exactly right. It's You're something exactly right. that we talked about preseason. Yep. But, but really quick, and, and Jamie wants to chime in here in just a second. The other two things that I noticed, we were only four for ten on third down. When we get into ACC play, that's got to get better. Got to get better because mm-hmm. the chances for us scoring on ACC teams are going to be few and far between if we're being honest with ourselves. The Coastal is pretty chaotic yet again this year. and We've got to jump at every advantage. But the big thing, guys, we won the turnover battle again, three to one. Yep. And that was the biggest thing that we lost last year was the turnovers. We're doing great strides in that area. We've got to keep that up if we want to keep winning games. You know, what I saw, and speaking to what Josh said about Evan Hull, um, Northwestern did a really great job, especially in the second half, when our defense may have been getting a little tired, too, because, let's face it, the offense got a little stagnant there in the second half, too. That was another kind of kind of thing that we need to clean up a little bit. But Northwestern did a great job of getting Evan Hull out in space in, in mismatches. And they just did a fantastic job at it, and he was – and he made us pay. Um, one more shout-out on the offensive side of the ball. I didn't mention this earlier. Jordan Moore with the fantastic toe-tap catch in the back of the end zone. Sunday that catch. A, that was an NFL-level like catch. Yeah, like Scott just said, a Sunday catch. That was just a beautiful, beautiful play. Yeah, Jordan's, Jordan's stats weren't, um, weren't gaudy, but they were very important. Very important in the second half. Uh, getting us a first down, getting us a touchdown, all that good stuff. But, well, what a game, guys. Uh, awesome. We took a little bit of extra time, um, you know, to talk about this Northwestern game. Not, no, nothing against A&T, but we don't have much uh, from our perspective to say about the A&T game a little bit, but we won't have much. So we wanted to spend a little bit of extra time talking about that big win, Big Ten on the road in Evanston. Uh, but uh, Scott was able to sit down uh, with the voice of North Carolina A&T, uh, Denal um, Ware and he sat down with him and talked a little bit about what we can expect this Saturday night at Wallace Lake. Joined now by Donald Ware play-by-play announcer for the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Donald will be on the call this weekend, this Saturday's game for the North Carolina A&T against Duke game at Wallace Wade Stadium. Donald, thanks for coming back on to the Section 17 podcast. Absolutely, Scott. I appreciate you having me. So, you know, we talked a minute ago off air. How was the trip to Fargo as far as when y'all went last week to play North Dakota State? Yeah, well, it's a tough game. You know, I mean, it's a tough game for A&T. I mean, it, but but that's a, that's going to be a tough game. I mean, you're talking about the number one FCS team, which quite frankly probably should be playing FBS football. But to be, on, to be honest with you, I can understand why. They have an 18,500-seat indoor arena which probably each game is at about 17,000. If you can continue to win national championships at that level, still make money. I mean, why move to the FBS? You know what I mean? From a, from a monetary standpoint. Um, So tough game for the Aggies. 
Fargo was nice, right? I got to go downtown. People that have seen, and I haven't seen the movie Fargo, but people that have seen the movie, the the moniker with the theater thing that says Fargo, I got to take a picture there. I rode the city bus. I'm into records. So I went to a couple of record stores. So I, I at least enjoyed myself in Fargo. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, that's actually, I was going to ask you, as far it, it, I guess comparing, it's just really hard to compare, but um, since you were there in the atmosphere, is there like maybe an FBS school you could compare the atmosphere in the, uh, the dome to? Wow. You know, I, I'm just trying to think if there's pound for pound, like I, I'm, I'm into pound, you know, the pound for pound thing, because I haven't been, I mean, we've been, you know, as, as an A&T broadcaster, we obviously, you know, we've been to Duke, but we've been to Kent state. We've been to ECU. I mean, it's, it's not like, no, it's not like ECU. ECU is unbelievable. Um, you know, we've been to Charlotte. Uh, so I, it's, it's hard to make the comparison. I just know that that town is all about, North Dakota State. Everywhere you go, it's about the bison. It's about that green and gold. So they support that team. I mean, they they give maximum support to that team. So it essentially sounds like Friday nights in Texas, basically, where the town shuts down when it's time for football. Yeah, I mean, they have the whole downtown. They have the whole, you know, uh, uh, farmer's market type of thing. But it's mainly about, you know, North Dakota State. And, and you know, the stadium is about two and a half miles from North Dakota State. It was really nice there. It was about 70 degrees. I would have loved if we could have played that game outside, but I get it. The weather, generally speaking, is not great, so you have the dome. Um, but, yeah, the, the town is all about North Dakota State. Well, that's that's pretty neat. Um, so, in uh, North Carolina A&T enters Saturday's game against Duke, still looking for the first win of the season. Um, what is the need, What is it the need of the team to get back on track for the rest of the year, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think um, – it's tough. I think, you know, the game against North Carolina Central, um, that was that was just that's a good North Carolina Central football team, quite frankly. Um, and and, uh, you know, A&T just uh, was ready to play. I don't think that was the deal. I just think that was a good, good central team. Um, then you have to follow that up. And that's an arch rival game. You got to follow that up with with North Dakota State. Got to follow that up with Duke, not to mention playing the HBCU national champions the week after. That's just a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule for A&T. You're away from home the first three games. Um, it's just a lot of things that need to happen, you know, from a, from really an offensive and defensive standpoint. I think you have some individual players um, that are that are definitely playing well. But, I mean, it's, it's been good competition really the first two weeks. Okay. Uh, yeah, they actually it's, – it's kind of funny. I know that uh, A&T North Carolina travels pretty good. Uh, they announced earlier today that the game is supposed to be a sellout Saturday night. It's Duke employee day, but you know, it's, it's always good when the other school can bring in a bunch of their fans and hear them cheering and having a good time too. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, I think, I think Duke is, I mean, I, I had a chance to talk, have Mike Elko on my show. I'm impressed with him. You know what I mean? Like I think it's a different attitude. Um, and, uh, but yeah, anti, you're right. Anti travels well. Um, travel, uh, I think, I, don't, I know a and and Duke played last year. I can't remember, but the attendance, even going back to 2019 from an a and perspective, it's a short drive from Greensboro, but a and Aggies are all across the state. I mean, it's a large school when you're talking about population as well. You're talking about alums and they support and a and supports the school well. So not, not, not a surprise. I mean, that's not a surprise that the game is a sellout. 
Well, yeah, it's it's and, you know, like I say, it's always fun when we have the the opposing team brings fans. When it when we played Temple, there were very few Temple fans there, so it wasn't as you know as exciting. You always like to hear the other team cheering and stuff like that. At least that's me. That's how I am. So looking forward to Saturday's game against Duke, um, 6 p.m. kickoff. We wanted to have a little fun with you and play a fill-in-the-blank game here. Okay. So the first question is, an area this a and team will excel at on the field Saturday is? Hmm. I think in the running – I think I think in the running back department, I think when you look at Bayshaw Tootin, the game he had against North Dakota State, I get it's a little bit different. I mean, I think even Coach Washington said – Boy, that was a tough North Dakota State team. You know, he has, what, 127 yards rushing. And if you go back a couple of years ago, John May Martin had some success against Duke. Now, I'm not trying to put any bulletin board material, but if you put me on the spot, I would say I, I think at the running back position, I think A&T will have some success there. Yeah, and it's funny that Coach Elko referenced today in his press conference that I think it was last year this – A&T went on a 20 play drive to start the game and went up seven, nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah good running game. You're right. Good running game last year. Also That's basically right. just went back. It, it, you know, they just drained it right down our throat yeah. and we couldn't stop it for some reason. So it was, you know, so Duke fans need to watch out for who on NCAA and T for Saturday. Two play. Can I give you two? Yes. No, Please. I got to give you three, Scott. I got to give you three. Hey, you All give right. me as many as you need. That works for me. <laughs> All right. I gave you Bayshaw Tootin at the running back uh, position. The young man uh, was absolutely phenomenal. He was good last year. He was an all-rookie Big South selection. Think about it. When you look at A&T's classifications in terms of are you a sophomore or whatever, there's generally an R by most of the players' names. There's no R by Bayshaw Tootin. He played as a true freshman last year. He's a sophomore now. Um, the other kid, Jacob Roberts, oh, the linebacker, where's number 13, is a man-child. This guy is all over the field, linebacker, really good player. Again, another guy that does not have an R. He's a junior, doesn't have an R by his name. And then the other kid that's really played well, the inside linebacker, um, number 10 is uh, Tyshawn King. He's played very well uh, for AT these first two games, led the team in tackles with 10 uh, or with nine this week, he was uh, double digits, I believe, last week. So, you know, those are three names that 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 uh, Duke can be on the lookout for. I think we'll have should have solid games for A and T. Okay, all right. Um, North Carolina A and T can contend in Saturday's game against Duke if got to take care of the football. I mean, I mean that's no that's number one. You got to take care of the football. I, I mean, you know, there's the, obviously the difference between you're talking. You know, it was one thing when you play. Uh, North Dakota State, who's who's very good. North Dakota State's going to be beat a lot of FBS would beat a lot of FBS teams, but if you hurt yourself, which ANT did in some respects, then you don't give yourself much of a chance. So if you want to give yourself a chance, two things: uh, protect the football, stay away from penalties, and I think those are two things that hurt ANT on Saturday against North Dakota State. Yeah, knock on wood. You know, that's the one thing is the. Turnovers haven't bit Duke yet. But the penalties, on the other hand, that's a totally different ballgame. So North Carolina's A&T's toughest opponent for the remainder of the season is? You mean out uh, – you know what? I'm going outside of Duke, which is this Saturday, obviously. I'm going to say – let me give you two. I'm going to say sure. two. South Carolina State, who returns every almost everybody from last year, 
defending HBCU champs. Now, AMT has beaten South Carolina State every year since 2014, so, and they played every year. So AMT has had some success, but this is a tough South Carolina State team who returns everybody. Buddy Pugh in his 21st season as the head coach beat Jackson State. Everybody talks about Jackson State on the FCS level, and South Carolina State beat Jackson State. The other team I would say look out for, Campbell. Conference game, watch out for Campbell. Campbell's got a good team. Mike Mentor's doing a good job um, at Campbell. So that, I think that's, and that's a homecoming. That's a homecoming. Of course, A&T, uh, known as the greatest homecoming on earth. Uh, so that, that I think you definitely got to watch out for Campbell as well. Yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about the Campbell program. You know, Mike Mentor has always done a great job in everything that he's ever touched since, since he started playing football back in the day. Um, last one here. AT will be a contender for the Big South if. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, gotta get the quarterback play together. Um it, it's a two it's a two quarterback um system right now. Now, the incumbent who did not who hasn't started the last two games, Jalen Fowler, if you remember, didn't play against Duke last year, didn't start, didn't play against Duke um uh, uh last year. And so they're hoping that he can have sort of some progression. I mean, I think Zach Yeager's got a lot of talent. He's a redshirt freshman, had a couple of snaps last year. So, you know, he's getting his feet wet, had a decent game, I would say, a, a solid game actually against A&T, excuse me, against North Carolina Central, not um, so much this past week against North Dakota State. Um, but I think if, if the quarterback play can come together, you've got a good running back, Solid offensive line. The defense is pretty good. Another guy you need to be on the lookout for that some people may know, Karan Prunty from Kansas is a transfer cornerback. Had a solid game against North, North Dakota State. But I think the defense is solid. So if you get that quarterback situation short up, I think A&T, you know, has a real opportunity this year. Okay, that's, that's awesome. Well, Donald, Donald, sorry, not that Mr. Pena, forgive me. Sorry. Donald, thank you for so much for joining us here on the Section 17 podcast. Uh, good luck with this Saturday and the rest of the Aggie season. Sounds good. I appreciate you having me again. Thanks a bunch. And special thanks to Donald Ware for sitting down with Scott, giving us a little insight on what we can expect from A&T this Saturday night. And speaking of the game this Saturday night, um, this game is sold out. Uh, Duke announced that on Monday. Uh, that this game is, is sold out, but we, we know why we know why look, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to give you the real deal here. This human game is sold day. out because this game is what we like to call human being day. It is also Duke employee day. And so Duke employees uh, were, um, were given tickets to this game. And so here's what we'll tell you. If you're looking for tickets to Saturday's game, the secondary market is full of tickets. Uh, you can find them anywhere. Uh, if you're getting a real big pinch and a real big bind, shoot us a DM. We might be able to find you somebody that's got an extra ticket or two uh, that can get you in the game. We also want to inform you that you that many of those uh, tickets come with free meal passes. And we're just going to tell you straight up because we, we're, we're your insiders, okay? When you get to the stadium, it doesn't matter how early you get to the stadium, when you walk through those gates, you need to go right then at that moment and get your free food because, number one, the lines will be ridiculously oh. long. Number two, the food will be gone. Number three, food's not that great anyway, but hey, it's all good. We're not, we're not complaining. It's free food. So giving the supporters about whoa, that whoa. day. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Oh, here we go. Where you go in the stadium, 
What? Shout out Hog Heaven. They're Q, they're Q Dog. If you've never had that, but I is that part of the giveaway? It. You're not getting that for free. No, that's not, not the free giveaway. That's not part of the giveaway. You're getting a hot dog and popcorn for free. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about the free. I'm talking about the giveaway food. The giveaway. Okay, food. my apologies. My apologies. Yeah, 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 my yeah, apologies. yeah. No, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Hey, shout out. I had the double cheeseburger in the open game opening game. I got no complaints. No complaints. So you're getting the hot dog and popcorn. For, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Free. That's, that's and, a, and a drink for about eleven bucks. Yeah, I'll tell, that's what it is. Eleven. I think it's eleven dollar voucher. I'll tell y'all what I'm excited about. Josh sent us that form to fill out, you know, for the song request because Duke's now looking for fan fan requests for songs and stuff. So I'm What'd excited. You guys put? I'm excited to hear my song. I I put Genie in the Bottle, Christina Aguilera. <laughs> is that before <laughs> or after every time we touch? <laughs> yeah, it's like right after. <laughs> And every time we touch first, genie in the bottle second. And then, then, and then, that's what and gets, then uh, hit me. That's what gets the genie out of the bottle. Time. Hit me, baby, one more time to close it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, and then some Tay Tay, you know, some Taylor Swift. Where are they going to find a place to play the thong song? That's what I put. <laughs> Old Cisco making an appearance. <laughs> this, Did you guys fill it out? out of control. <laughs> Did you guys fill it out? We need to know. At, at this point, we're like Ozzy Osbourne. We're on off the rails. That's right. Did, did anyone fill it out? I haven't yet. Not yet. I, I, I filled out. I put uh, "Boom" by Pod. Uh, I think that needs to make it in there. I also put "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. I think that that just that vibe is good. And then one of them, I, I think it was the karaoke song, and I said, "I don't care," but we need to come out of the tunnel with the intro to Hell's Bells. So that's what I put for for that song. So we'll see. Well, and thank you, Duke Football for doing this absolutely i mean we're three weeks in guys and they've made more changes in three weeks than we saw in probably the last seven years yeah if, if we're being honest not trying yep. to throw shade but it is what it is so if you're if you're a season ticket holder you got this email check your email it might be in your promotions folder if you're if you have gmail but you got an email on monday afternoon about three o'clock asking for your uh musical requests and so uh check your email for that and make sure you uh, you send that in. So that's what we're going to talk about A&T. That's all. So uh, look forward to uh, to you guys, uh, you know, being at that game on Saturday night. Uh, we just want to give you an update. We will be in lot B5 with the hard hat guys, probably around three o'clock-ish uh, on that day. Uh, but uh, J- Brian and I are going to be out of town. Scott and Jamie during the game, section 17 is going to be bare. It's going to be empty of us four because those two guys are going to be uh, media credentialed for this game and be up in the tower. Uh, for this game, and so just do you think you guys football know. will tape off our seats so people they need to in loving memory, <laughs> in loving memory of Section Seventeen podcast. So, but now we're moving on to uh, uh, one of our new se- uh, segments this season of our podcast, and um, it is called simply this: This week in Duke football history, Scott Medlin, take it away. For this week in Duke football history, we're going to go back to September thirteenth, twenty fourteen. Freshman running back Sean Wilson would set the then school record for most rushing yards in a game, playing against Big 12 opponent Kansas. Wilson rushed for 245 yards and three touchdowns, helping Duke demolish Kansas 41-3. Duke would win eight of the first nine games in the 2014 campaign, eventually making it to the Sun Bowl. Wilson did all this damage in only 12 attempts, averaging 20 yards of carry with the performance, Wilson took down a 20-year record, previously held by Robert Baldwin, who had 238 yards in the game against the Maryland Terrapins, or Twerps, back in 1994. And that is this week in Duke football history. 
I, awesome. I remember Robert Ball when he was actually yes. one of my favorite players. 47, and, and, baby. Yeah, and as I said earlier, that 94 team was a special team. They were. A very special team because Josh Watt and Corey Thomas, he, was he a freshman that year? I, feel like I he forget was. what year he was, but he was on that team. But, but yeah, <laughs> that was a magical year for us. Robert Two of the choices on Josh's uh, thing right. for the Robert contest. Ball and Corey Thomas. We're going to be getting Shout out to Scott. Shout out to Scott calling the uh, calling Maryland the twerps. So still uh still refer to them as the twerps. That's right. All these years later, man. Even they, though still, they're not our they still desperately want to be our basketball rival. It's not just not going to be there. Not going to be there. Well, uh, moving into the next segment. Thank you, Scott, for that. Look forward to that every week. Moving on to the next segment. It used to be not yet sponsored. Tell the tape, but now it is sponsored by our friends at Comfort Mechanical Contractors. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, Brian here with the Section 17 podcast. Quick question for you. What do Duke, North Carolina Central, and the Durham Public School Systems have in common? Well, they all have their heating and air service work done by Comfort Mechanical Contractors. Comfort Mechanical Contractors offers full-service commercial HVAC organization, as well as install work for new construction and commercial renovation. With their full fleet of service vehicles at the ready, Comfort Mechanical Contractors is equipped to handle service calls, as well as install building automation and control systems. For more information, give Comfort Mechanical Contractors a call at 919-383-2502. That number again, 919-383-2502. Comfort Mechanical Contractors, the premier commercial heating and air service contractor of the Triangle. And our thanks again to our sponsor this season, Comfort Mechanical Contractors, who also are sponsoring the Tower Ticket Giveaway that will be coming up after the tail of the tape for the North Carolina A&T Aggies out of the Big South Conference. Last year, North Carolina A&T went 5-6 and six and did not make it to a bowl game. Now, currently, A&T is 0-2, and last week, the Aggies were defeated by North Dakota State 43-3. Head coach Sam Washington's in his fourth season with the Aggies and has a 24-11 overall record. He's taken the Aggies to two celebration bowls. Now, this is the over second overall matchup between Duke and North Carolina A&T. And last year, Duke defeated North Carolina A&T in Durham 45-17. The first meeting between the two schools was back in 2019 in Wallace Wade Stadium, where Duke won 45-13. North Carolina A&T will join... FCS Conference Colonial Athletic Association next year after a short two-year stint in the Big South. And before that, they were a member of the MEAC Conference for, get this, over 50 years. And now it's time for the ever-popular Did You Know? The term Aggie is an abbreviated word for agriculture, which was long used to refer to students who would attend agricultural schools. Upon its founding as a land-grant university in 1891, North Carolina A&T, then the Agricultural and Mechanical School for the Colored Race, adopted the nickname. According to school history, the origin of the Aggie Bulldog mascot started when the school's shepherd dog passed away and it was replaced by a bulldog. During a football game against Virginia State in 1926, the Aggies and their fans had become despondent. In the last few minutes of the game, an Aggie fullback broke through the opposition's defense and scored a touchdown, but it was deemed no touchdown by the referee. It's said that at that moment, fans and the referee got into a scuffle, and an unidentified person untied the bulldog named Mr. Brown, who then attacked the referee. 
The incident was said to almost cost the school its membership in the CIAA, but it vindicated the Aggies. It is said that from that day on, the mascot for the football team has been a Bulldog. And that was the tale of the tape for the North Carolina A&T Aggies, brought to you by Comfort Mechanical Contractors. And now, now we are ready. <laughs> we do want to thank our sponsor because they have donated uh, four, that's right, not one, not two, not three, but four tickets in the Blue Devil Tower for this Saturday night's game at Wallace Wade Stadium against North Carolina A&T. So we do want to thank them and show them our gratitude. This also comes with a parking pass. So you get a parking pass and four tickets, that Blue Devil Tower. Uh, Scott, man, what? give us your opinion. You've done the Blue Devil Tower one time. Tell us a little bit about the experience up there, man. They have food and food and food and food. <laughs> and they have free drinks and food again. And when you're through watching some of the football game at halftime, you can go get snacks and ice cream. And please be one of the four people that are up there cheering as loud as you possibly can. So be excited. Have a great time. Yep. Enjoy yourself while you're up there because yeah, it's we well want, worth it. We want you to have a blast, and we're really excited for whoever wins this. So we sent out a survey. Uh, we had some questions on our survey um that were personal uh that, but we have discussed all of these on the podcast at some point in time so why don't we do this before we announce the three people who got them all right uh let's find give your question and your answer jamie start us off what was your question <laughs> and what was the answer my question was what fan base did I piss off on social media from our, from our at Duke FB talk account, not from my personal account. Cause that, that would have that, been every school in the, yeah. in the country. Yeah. That list is, that list is long and distinguished. All right. Well, so what was, was the answer? It was Tennessee. I pissed off the Tennessee volunteers and they came at us in like by the hundreds. It was oh, wild. Hard. <laughs> I used to have notifications uh, come up on Twitter from this account. And that day, it's the day that I turned them off. And so uh what what was best was it. like I think Josh sent a text to us and said, Who pissed off the Tennessee fans? And all <laughs> Jamie said was me. <laughs> exactly right. So good, so good. All right, Scott, man. Uh, what was your question and what was the right answer? Uh, my question is what do I refer the uh school eight miles down the road as? Obviously, and university of no class would be what most people think when they use those letters. But I, as I've been said over the years from the great father of yours, Josh. That's right. Shout out. Preacher Cox. Chapel Hill College. And I'll make sure that I'm going to say that at least a thousand more times before the season's over. And let yep. me say this. Looking through the answers, that was the most missed question yep. of all four of us. So, Scott, you have probably said the most. So maybe that tells you who actually listens and who doesn't to their yeah. episodes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Or they ignore me when I talk. <laughs> they just <laughs> press the little button and fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> That's right. Brian, go ahead. Okay. So initially when Josh put it on the survey, he said, what was my favorite combo? And I know a lot of you would probably be like me and answer it wrong and then have a technicality. So I made sure Josh. No, no, it. no. I have to interrupt. No one else would care. Except Brian, but go you ahead. Say, you say that, and we would be getting emails after this episode drops. Oh. All right, 
what my question was what would be my most ideal uniform combo yeah it has not happened yet that's right but when i was speaking with nina king i told her yep blue or here we go i'm already throwing y'all off black helmet with a blue hellraiser that's the part that's never been done that's right we see it this year black top black bottom so full blackout with the blue hellraiser i love it i love it and uh yeah that was in the nina king episode for sure remember that one specifically and then my question uh who was my favorite player growing up and i even put in there uh when i was born so that could have even helped you guys but i also didn't help you by basically putting all the answers right around the time that i would have been a kid of players uh but my answer was Corey thomas wide receiver in the 90s as a kid he used to give his wristbands and gloves away at the end of games and i went home a few times with some of Corey thomas's nasty sweaty wristbands and so he was my favorite player and and so we had uh those four questions and then we had a bonus question just in case and that question was when have you heard our producer justin sykes who is the man behind all of this, who does all the audio and puts everything together for us. When have you heard his voice? It's only been on one episode ever. And that was the introduction to the Gunnar Holmberg interview. And so we had three people to get this all right. They got every question right and they got the tiebreaker question right. And so we said, if we had multiple people that we would spin the wheel and find out who won now, uh, I've got a wheel and I'm going to put it up to where these guys are going to be able to tell you uh, who wins when I spin this wheel. I will we'll give you the three names. The three names are in no particular order, Noah Kelly, Kyle Sykes, and Craig Spell. Spell, not Spell. Spell. Craig Spell, Kyle Sykes, Noah Kelly. One of you three are about to win four tickets in the Blue Devil Tower for the Saturday night. You guys ready? I'm going to spin the wheel. Here it goes. Oops. Oh. Wheel is spinning. Wheel is spinning. Uh, it's going to give you a winner. Hold up. I think it's Craig Spell. Craig Spell. The winner Spell. is Craig Spell. Craig Spell, here's what we're going to do. Craig, you're our winner. If for some reason you cannot use these tickets or you whatever situation you can't get them we're going to draw a second place uh we'll draw a second place here between kyle and noah that way somebody is going to wind up with these tickets so we're down to kyle and noah for second place in case craig falls through and that winner is going to be still a glare yeah it's the yellow one it's coming through it's kyle Kyle Sykes. sykes so kyle if craig Cannot for some reason get these tickets. They're yours, Noah. If neither one of those guys can take them, uh, they're yours. Okay, so we'll be getting in touch with Craig um, first thing after this episode drops, and uh, and get those tickets. To and him. really quick, thank you to the thirty-eight other people that put in their uh, answers. And and we said this last week. There could be another giveaway this year, guys. We don't know. So just be on the lookout. And if there is, we're probably going to do another questionnaire. It might not be about us, but it could be about Duke football. It could be about anything, really. So just be on the lookout. Don't be discouraged if you weren't one of the three. There there will be other giveaways this year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, it's that time, guys. We're getting close to the end of the episode. 
Uh, if you're listening to this episode right now and you haven't already, go to Twitter and follow us at Duke FB Talk. If you are on Facebook, find our Facebook group at Duke Football Talk. Oh, I'm just by searching. I'm sorry, Duke Football Talk. You can find us now online at our brand new website, DukeFootballTalk.com. The two uh, segments that you'll see on there for written articles are going to be a segment we call Five Deep. We saw a Five Deep last week with Jalen Calhoun. You're going to be seeing a five week deep this week. The plan is with Jalen Stinson, who had an excellent game this past week at Northwestern. And then post-game, uh, within a day or two after each game, you're going to see us post an article, uh, helmet stickers uh, for each game. And these are guys that impressed us. Honestly, they may not have been the best stats. It may not be. It might be guys we just saw something that we thought would be good uh, to honor and acknowledge. And so those are going to be the types of articles. And then obviously – as we post blog posts, those blog, I mean, I'm sorry, as we post podcasts, those will be on there as well where you can click and, and follow. And so looking forward to that. Now, last week you guys gave your predictions for the game, uh, for the score, and boy, you guys were on top of it last week, Brian. Uh, tell them, uh, tell us uh, who won and what the scores were. Well, before we get to Twitter and Facebook, I'd like to just say that I won between the four of us, 28 to 24. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, thumbs down from the from Josh. Fake news. <laughs> so Scott won with the jersey last week. I won with the score this week. So yeah, we'll see how it goes this week. Anyway, on Twitter, and, and to Josh's point, kudos to all of you who guessed because we had some close ones. At Matt for Duke 2001, he guessed Duke to win 31 to 21. So he was only off by two points. At Matt for Duke 2001 on Twitter. And if you thought that was good, it gets even better on Facebook. And his name's Hans. So Hans, if I butcher your last name, bud, I am so sorry. Hans Van Benschotten was only off by one point, 31 to 24 Duke. And before we move to our picks, I got to give an honorable mention to Tim Dillon on Twitter. He guessed 29 to 23. He would have won had Matt for Duke 2001 put in his guess, but he picked Northwestern score right, not Duke's, and that's always going to be the tiebreaker. So, again, Tim, honorable mention, get him this week. Yeah, and uh, Brian, we forgot to tell him. What did they win? What did they win, they, Brian? They win a bleed blue shirt free that's of right. charge. So we'll reach out to each one, and hopefully we can get those to you uh, as soon as possible so you can wear them if you come to one of the games this year. Absolutely. So you get your free bleed blue shirt. Shout out to Wayne Carter uh, for rocking the Section 17 bleed blue shirt post game uh, with Northwestern. So those things look great. They look great on TV. I love them. Uh, but anyway, all right, now guys, it's it's time for us. Uh, we're facing North Carolina A and T. Uh, let's let's give our predictions. We're gonna say uh, who is going to win the game, what the score is going to be, and what the uniform combination is going to be. Jamie. Start us out, man. Jamie looks like he's about to fall asleep. I know. I need. To, I got to get to Jamie before he passes out. Look, um, as far <laughs> as the score, NCNT, yeah, they, they played Central first game. They lost 28-13. Then they played North Dakota State, I believe, and lost by like 40. Um, last year, we beat A&T 45-17, and we were – not good last year uh, and I think we're quite a bit better this year our defense has improved 
by leaps and bounds. The offensive play calling has been great. Um, I believe I'm going to go Duke 52, NCA and T10. I think maybe they get a junk touchdown late, but I think it's I think it's over by halftime, and we cruise. Uh, uniform combo. This is where uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go blue. All blue. What's on the helmet? Just a, just a D. White? Black? White D. Okay. So the blue out. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll go next. Um, I agree with all Jamie's points. Um, I am going to go Duke 47. And I'm going to go A&T 14. 47 to 14. Duke. Jamie took my idea for the blue out. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of frustrated with that. Jamie, I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go blue pants, blue shirts, white lids. And it's not time for the Hellraisers yet. So we'll go with the blue D. White lids with the blue D and then blue, blue. So white, white. blue, blue with the blue D. All right, who's next? Scott, All right. are you still thinking? Or are you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Okay. I uh, agree. Again, I'm like you, Josh. I agree with what Jamie said. Um, I think this is going to be one of those games to where a lot of players see some time on the field. And that's a good thing as we prepare for Kansas in two weeks. I'm going to go Duke 48. I'm going to go A&T 7. I want to say blackouts. I really do. Especially the fact that we have, quote unquote, sold this game out. And we haven't seen the blackouts in two years since the Charlotte game on Halloween. Jamie said all black. Josh said white, blue, blue. You know what? It's blackout time. Six o'clock game. Let's go blackouts. Blue D. I, I, I think they're still uh, getting the uh, decals made for the uh, Hellraiser to put on the black helmet. So, blackout with the blue D. Scott, take us home on the predictions. Well, I appreciate Jamie reading my my team notes there and stealing all my stuff. So, but I'm going to stay, you know, obviously Duke 52, and I'm going to raise him three. I'm going to raise him a field goal. I'm going to go 52 to 13 for the final score. But I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I think that we're supposed to be uh, supposed to have variety here a little bit, but I kind of agree. I think it's gonna be a blowout all the way with the white D on the helmet. So that's gonna be my prediction for the uniforms. So Scott and Josh, y'all are. Is that right? Jamie. Uh, Jamie. I was. I was the blue okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, should be interesting on, on Saturday night. It should be a fun time. It's always good when there's more people in the stands. I don't care how Duke has to get them there. So that's going to be a good time. Uh, it's going to be Scott and Jamie's first time uh, up in the uh, up in the tower as media. Jamie, go ahead. i got to behave, apparently. <laughs> apparently, I've got to behave. There's some rules that, you know, that i got to read over. See, I was worried Josh was going to say this is Scott and Jamie's first and possibly last time up there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so. Scott, Scott, this is what you need to do. As soon as y'all get to that fourth floor, 
look at Jamie and say, give me your phone. That's right. <laughs> and that way, Jamie won't get himself in trouble and won't get us in trouble. <laughs> look, we got we have friends, though. Look, I, I'm just suggest you guys sit beside either Connor, Adam, or Steve Wiseman. And just before you say or do anything, just whisper it to them first and tell them to give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And then that way you know what to do. Jamie, Steve, Steve can I cuss the team in the press box? <laughs> thumbs down. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, this has been another episode of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. You can find us online at our website, dukefootballtalk.com. You can find us on Twitter at DukeFBTalk. You can find us on Facebook by searching Duke Football Talk. For Brian Kennedy, for Scott Medlin, and for Jamie Holton, our producer, the ever-talented Mr. Justin Sykes, this is the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast.